Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. God has been so good to me my entire life, every day, just the ability to be here, to stand here. Oh my goodness, come on, Colton, learn how to open a Bible sometime. Yeah, there we go. So good. Has he been just so good to you? We have a reason to thank him every day, every moment. Sometimes it's hard to think of reasons because our situation catches us up and we just don't know what to do, but it's so good. He's still, he's always good. Even when I don't know it, he's still always good. Amen. Uh, just want to get situated here. Oh, too far. I'm using using the phone notes, so let's <laughs> praise God. There's power in the phone notes. Amen. If you use it, if you use the phone for, I don't know if God ever wanted you to use a phone, but I don't know if you use it for what He wants you to do with it. Amen. I'm just kidding. Um, but those there's a. It's power in the Bible. We have the Bible. It's a wonder that these things even work with a Bible app on. The Bible is so huge. How do you think it could fit onto a phone? It's just a work of God. I get to read it every day and have an app that helps me keep track. So thankful for that. Um, I want to take a moment to thank Pastor Appreciate Pastor. It is Pastor Appreciation Month. Do you, does anyone else appreciate Pastor in here? This is, he is such a great pastor. I'm so thankful to be able to call him Pastor and thank him for uh thinking that I can be up here and talk, and so far, I don't know, maybe he's wrong, maybe I shouldn't be up here and, te- and teaching and stuff, but we'll, we'll keep on going, amen. We had a great time on Friday for our youth service, you were there, wave your hand if you're a youth, I know, I know Devin was there, I know Coop, I know Danica, Easton, fun fact about our youth service on Wednesday, Easton actually gave a five spot, and it was phenomenal, he taught a little bit, he gave us a little bit of word, and it inspired me, inspired me for this word. So our young people are not just tomorrow's church, not the church of next week. They're not the church of next year. They're part of today's church. They are in the church today. They have just as much power to talk to someone about Jesus as you do. That's uh, my only goal as a youth leader is, you know, get it out of them. And I'm going to be real. Easton's been doing a better job than me lately. He's got friends coming to church. I'm proud of him. Excited. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, and then Revelations 12 and 11, two very common portions of scripture. Uh, This is Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. He said, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak anymore in his name, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shot up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not say. He couldn't keep it inside anymore. He had a very tough burden, Jeremiah. He had to tell everyone around him about the terrible thing well, not about the terrible thing. The Lord had a plan, and he was, the Lord was upset with them, obviously, for all this stuff. But God had a plan with everything he was doing. And Jeremiah had to be the one to tell them, to talk to these foolish, wayward people about what's going on. And he was ridiculed, and he was, he was put through a lot for the, for the word for that was set inside of him. But he still, we still have the same mission as Jeremiah. If we have the word inside of us, we can't keep it hidden. We can't not tell someone about it. And that's why I've been reminded as studying. And then Revelation 12 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Say blood of the lamb. Blood of we have the blood of the lamb. If we have repentance, if we have baptism in his name, we are covered with the blood of the lamb in the word of their testimony. Say testimony. testimony. Look at your neighbor and say testimony. testimony. 
Find a neighbor if you don't have one and say testimony. Amen. Let's pray real quick. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word, for this wonderful day that we have to talk about your word and learn more about you. I ask that you bless it. Use me to say some sort of coherent thought that will help out someone. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about the power of the testimony. There's power in your testimony. There's power in your words. Each word you have has power behind it, even if you don't use it correctly. I don't use the power of my words correctly all the time. I say really just not like smart, not that I'm like purposely trying to fool someone. I just, you know, I say a lot of words. I talk a lot. You're not going to get diamonds every time. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm not shooting a hundred when I speak, but you know, every once in a while you get a good little gold nugget in there, hopefully. And today I'm not going to talk about some brand new thing that, you know, I just found in the Bible just yesterday. I was studying deep and oh, no, I'm talking about something that Tale as old as time, testimonies. People have been testifying about God forever. The first, one of the first mentions of testimony is this little piece of bread, this piece of manna that the Israelites kept in the ark as a testimony of what God was doing for them. It kept them. It's a testimony of God's power in your life. And it was as a reminder for them from age to age that God did stuff for them, and he can do things for you. If he's done it before, he can do it again. He's a God. He does not change. Right? He's in Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He talked about that on Friday. Again, bro, that was so good. That's so good. So I just want it to be a reminder for us all, because I needed it, to not be weary in your well-doing. Keep on talking. It's okay. Keep on fighting the good fight. It's okay. It's going to get out there. Someone's going to get onto something. If you talk enough, someone's going to listen to you, or they're going to just, like, tune you out. But let's hope that they listen to you, amen? It's all about putting it out there. And uh, I want to go to Mark chapter 1. Just I'm going to read through it. You can follow along if you want to. 1 in 40. It's a common story. Uh, I mean, a very common story. This story is actually found in the three synoptic gospels, which is just Matthew, Mark, and Luke, because they're all written very similarly. Many scholars believe they're pulled from the same source material, which we know the same source material is Jesus, of course. <laughs> Obviously, they're all from the same source material. Colton, that sounds silly when you say it. It's just written very similar. A lot of things that happen in Matthew, Mark, and Luke happen in all three of them. John's kind of a little fun outlier. But this is the story of the leopard coming to Jesus. The leopard, not the leopard, not the cat. The leper. And he came a leper to him, Jesus, beseeching him, kneeling down and saying unto him, If thou wilt... If you will, if you want to, you can make me clean. A leper is a, well, in this context, a leper is an unclean person. That's exactly what it means. It means that he had a skin disease of some time that was uh, visible and contagious, and lepers were uh, isolated and kind of ostracized by the law of God for them to get clean. And once they're clean, they can come back in. There's a whole process I read about, and I didn't want to bore you with all the details, so I'm going to let you do your homework it's in Leviticus. I'm not even going to tell you where. Just, you know, pick up Leviticus and try to find it. It's, there's a whole chapter devoted to it. It's awesome. But if thou wilt, if you want to, you can make me clean. We've all been, I'm not going to say we, I'm not going to generalize. I don't know you. I know me. I've been kind of a leper before, not with an f- actual ailment, or, but I've been spiritually leprous, if you will. Leprosy was a de- is a disease, it's still around, but it's very curable, very, you know, not as common. I think I just looked it up. 250 people a year get it, so it's very containable. It's a disease that 
numbs you, basically. It, it, it's a bacteria that attacks different parts of your body, and it can leave you feeling numb. Parts of your body can fall off, and, and it's, really, it's really quite devastating if you let it take its full toll on you. It makes you lose yourself. Literally, parts of your body could fall off because you don't even know that they're lost. They're just gone. And sin has that same effect, does it not? It's, it can numb you to things that you know sh- you shouldn't do, you know you shouldn't touch, but you're already in it, so like, why not? You know, you just feel that shame from it, and you feel guilt, and you feel isolated, and, and you don't even know what's around you that can cause you pain, but you're just, you just feel so separated. And that's what sin does. It separates you. So this leper who is supposed to be separated— and probably is for most of his leprosy, he comes to Jesus, this healer that he's no doubt heard about from someone, because he knows that if you want to, you can. And there's a power in knowing that if God wants to do something in me, he will. And I just want him to do that in my life. As we go to the next verse, and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. This is powerful right here. Because he touched him. Isn't that crazy that Jesus would touch a leopard? Well, it's kind of, not a leopard. Again, I say leopard, I mean leper. We're going we're gonna to fix that in post in the recording. Leper. It's crazy that Jesus would touch a leopard, that anyone would touch a leopard. But uh, it's even crazier. You can just count how many times I say leopard, by the way. It's even crazier that God would robe himself in flesh and come down to this sinful, icky, ugly, gross world and bridge the gap, and that's exactly what he does here. By touching this leper, he says, I'm willing to get my hands a little dirty to save someone. And that's what God's been doing. That's what God did when he came down as Jesus, robed himself in flesh, because he said, I'm not going to let leprosy stand in the way of saving my people. I'm not going to let anything. I'm going to be tried in all ways and not fail once. All because I loved you guys. And that's what Jesus does. He loves us all. That's what God did. God so loved the world, right? And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him and uh, forthwith sent him away. I love forthwith. That's a great word. And said unto them, See thou, say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priests, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Verse 45, and he went out and began to publish it much. He said, I hear you, Jesus. I'm not supposed to talk about it, but I got to talk about it. <laughs> My whole life has just been changed. It's, it's, oh, when you're a leper, you can't talk to anyone. You can't do the same things. You got to wear different clothes. You can't, you can't interact. You can't come close. But now he's just walking through the streets, and they're looking up to him, and uh, what's, uh, what do you think this guy's name is? Uh, Larry. We'll go, not you, brother. Uh, le- what? Larry the Leopard? No, we'll say, brother, brother so-and-so, and like, whoa, whoa, you brother so-and-so, you're out walking. What are you doing here? Maybe they're standing back, and he says, I can be here now because I've been cleansed, right? And then they got to ask, like, well, who cleansed you? Who did this? He's like, well, I shouldn't say. But it was Jesus, <laughs> you know, just in case you're wondering. Which is kind of, I, I was just talking to pastors, kind of weird, you know. Uh, he says, don't talk about it, and then everyone talks about it. Maybe Jesus did that on purpose, like, I know you're going to talk about it more now, because it's kind of like that reverse psychology. But it just comes down to, like, if your life's been changed so much to where you were one way, you were doing one thing, but now it's completely different, and it's so much better than before, aren't you going to talk about it? 
I would talk about it. I would talk about it. And then it says that because they talked about it, because he talked about it, in so much that Jesus could no more openly enter the city because everyone was going after him. There is power in his testimony because of what he said. Right? <laughs> it was like, well, what if he lost his nose? Like, oh, your nose is back. How did that happen? We could tell. You could tell. And when you get in church, when you find God, when you even refine God, there's a change all about you that is noticeable. It's tangible. People can tell what is so different about you. Well, let me tell you about it. That's an opportunity. That is a testimony. There's power in that testimony. In fact, there is a biblical recipe, recipe that happened in this story that can happen for anybody. It's probably happened in your life. It's definitely happened in my life. And it happened in your coworker's life, your neighbor, your best friend, your, your best friend's best friend. If that your best friend's not your best friend, kind of, I've experienced that dynamic. You know, you think someone's your best friend, and then they're actually someone else's best friend. But who are you going to sit with at lunch at school? Because that's not your best friend. They're pairing up with different people. It's a, high school's a nightmare. But it's okay. God can save them. Amen. No matter who, who your partner is in lab class, God can save them. There's a biblical recipe that happens in this story of, of the leper. And it's, Paul talks about it. He says, uh, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. The greatest is love. Those three things kind of merge here in this story, and we see it. We see that faith is enacted because the leper knew that God was able. When you know God is able to do something, that call, that's called faith. When faith is enacted, you're like, I know you can do it. In fact, it says, uh, Paul writes in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That power, uh, Paul talks about in the, one of the previous verses, is Christ. Is Christ in you. It's, it's the Holy Ghost. And back in, you know, when the leper was looking right at Jesus, he had the power of Christ in front of him. And you know, it's a great thing. We can have the power of Christ in front of us, too, once we start talking about Jesus to someone. Because the Bible says, Jesus himself says, if, you're, if you talk about me, two or three people in the midst of them, I'll show up. If you, if you just start opening, like, hey, Easton, I got to tell you about Jesus. Boom. Jesus right there. He's talking because he heard his name. Like, I'm there, man. I'm there. If you got a group of friends around, got coworkers talking, chatting it up, they say, you know what? Jesus did something. Boom. Jesus is right there in that conversation. The power of Jesus is there, and he is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Amen. So that is, that is love. I mean, no, that's faith. Ha, huh? someone check me. That is faith. Knowing that he is able is faith. Hope is trusting that he is willing. He said, the leper said, if you will, I know you can. I just hope you will. Just please do something. And don't worry. He's willing. It says in the story, he says, I will. <laughs> that's what God wants to say to everyone. I will. It works on a different timeline sometimes. Don't get me wrong. Don't lose faith if it doesn't happen immediately. There's a different process that God goes through. There's like, I'm always reminded, Pastor talked about this a few months ago, about the man with the daughter. He asked for the daughter to be raised up from the dead, and he had to wait a whole day for him to even know if she was raised from the dead. But the thing is, it happened as soon as Jesus said it would. He just had to take some time to get there. And that's how our journey is sometimes. It's going to happen as soon as Jesus says it will. We just have to go through our time and see it happen in front of us. We have to see it for ourselves. But he's willing. He's able He's willing, and then there's love, and that is he is available. Say available. 
that's true love right there that he's available. I have a, I have a, I'm going to preface this. I have a joke. This is a joke I'm about to tell. It's not about Jesus. It's about availability. So just get yourself in that mindset. He's, I'm not making fun of anything of the Bible, okay? I promise. A moth flies into a dentist's office and asks for some help. And he says, Doc, my eyesight's going. I think I, I, think I need that LASIK. I think I need that LASIK. And the dentist is a little confused. Because why is he in a, a dentist's office if he needs LASIK? Obviously, is the question. But the moth, before the dentist could even get a response, the moth continues. My blood pressure spiking. I get winded flying upstairs. And my energy's always low. I think I need some real help. And the moth kind of finishes a little winded from that statement. The dentist responds, it sounds like you need an eye doctor. It sounds like you need a heart doctor, maybe just a regular checkup. Why would you come to a dentist, Mr. Moth? And the moth says, well, your light was on. Yes. Because he's a moth and he's drawn to the light. Oh, my goodness, we got it. It was a risk. It was a risk putting that one in there. It was a little bit of a risk. But I like the joke. It's one of my favorites. The light was on. It's a moth. What? That's nuts. Moths are attracted to lights. I say all that to say, Jesus' light is always on. Okay? That's a, what a great shoehorn. Man, that was, got to write that one down. Chalk that one in, man. That tied in so well. Okay. But Jesus' light is always on. He's always available. He's always available for whatever you want. That's the love he has. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's for everyone. He's available to everyone, to anyone, who anyone who needs it. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us come bold, therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. When you're in need, you don't have to wait for a doctor's appointment. I'm, I'm not saying, to get, like, don't go to the doctor anymore. Thus saith the Lord. No, he didn't say that. He said, you know, go to the doctor, but go to God first. He's always available. You don't have to wait for an answer with God. You just have to go to him. You don't have to wait to fill out the prescription at the pharmacy. You don't, he doesn't work like that. He doesn't operate in waiting lines, and you have to, you have to sign a dotted line and see if your insurance takes it. God is always there. There's no wait list. There's a that song, Jesus on the main line, you know, call him up, right? That's talking about God using the phone, amen? But call him up. He's always there. There's no wait line. There's no party line. He's just there for you, no matter what. He's always available. God is available through that saving name of Jesus. He, God was available as Jesus right there in front of that man, and he's available as Jesus for us today today. He's the one true God manifest in the flesh. So that one true, able, willing, and available God healed that man, and he's still in the business of healing. He's not out of business. The light never turned off. And if it helped that man, well, Jesus could probably help you, and he does help you. He do, does anyone have a testimony of God? Has God helped him in times? We just talked about how have you ever been in a car accident or almost in a car accident? I was. I was driving uh, to, to get to my school before I even went here. I was still in high school, but I was taking tests to get placed into school, right? The math test, they call it the Alex. And I drove all the way down here, that two and a half hours. I wasn't used to it. I was in my white car, the cool one. It feels like the 80s. You step in, it has digital lights, everything. It's slick, man. I wish I still drove it. 
And so I was driving, I was going, I was coming back, did okay on the test, could have done better. We always could do better. And I stopped in this town called Lind. That, I didn't even know it was a town. Because I, I needed water. I stopped into the convenience store. I think there's only one store. And they all knew as soon as I walked in, I wasn't from there. They could just like, you ain't from around here. But no one said it, but you could feel it with their eyes. And so I bought this $2 bottle of water that probably should have been $1. And I, you know, I leave the town, and as I'm pulling on to the back on the freeway, my car spins out. It spins out. There's gravel on the road. I was going too fast, and I thought I was going to flip over. I thought the worst was going to happen, but I was fine. The car just stopped on the side of the road, and <laughs> I just got out, and I prayed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. He could, it could have been a lot worse, but God, God's helped me out there. And that little testimony, it's not you know, crazy. It's not like I, I didn't have a leg and now have a leg again, but it's still the power of God. Brother Larry. That's right. Mm -hmm. mm, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Brother Isaac. Oh, praise God. He's still here today. Amen. When you hear that story, you know God is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's, that was. Uh, <laughs> this is, I'm not condoning just trying. I'm not condoning trying the Lord, you know, that way. The Bible says try the Lord, see what he would do. Don't try him like that. He wants you to maybe give, give a little more, not give your life. He's not, that's not how you give your life to God. Amen, but praise God. He is good because we have stories like that. We have experiences like that. Whether we were doing 100 on Clearwater or we could have got hit, you know, he's still good. He's still good. And if you have a testimony like that, you got to tell someone about it. Praise God. This is the place to tell that testimony, Isaac. I don't know. I wouldn't tell that to your friend Michael, maybe. I would tell him a different testimony. But... Amen. 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 Oh, boy. When you have a testimony that's so good, 
you just can't contain it. That's why we're just telling testimonies. It's, it's powerful to tell testimonies. You're supposed to do it. You're supposed to talk about God. God doesn't want you to just keep him in his corner and say, you know, you can only use me when you need it. No, God wants you to just be telling everyone. Your walk with God, your walk around town is a testimony. Because you can just tell there's a different spirit about you. There's a different way you move. There's a different way you operate in God. And just like how we have testimonies, that leprous man, formerly leprous man, not anymore. He's clean now. He's different. He's changed. He had a testimony, too, and others heard about it. Your testimony is, is it takes a little faith for someone else to believe. They sometimes take faith for you to believe, because you can be later in life and be like, I don't know if that really happened. It happened. Amen. I'm here to tell you, I just want to remind you that if you have something that you, you like, it could have been God of how great I, uh, how, how, how he got me out of that situation. I mean, you're here today and God needed you here today, not just to be right here sitting down, but you have a job to do, not just at your physical place of work, but we have a great commission to fulfill. We have to go around everyone and telling people about it. We have to teach the gospel. We have to, we have to get people baptized and, and make disciples out of them. So that they can tell someone, and they can tell someone. It's like the best pyramid scheme ever. There's no loss. You're never going to lose out one day if you follow through. You're just going to keep on growing and growing and growing. <laughs> Except not a scheme. <laughs> Maybe we won't use the word pyramid scheme around the gospel. It's nothing like a pyramid. I would like to say it's nothing like a pyramid scheme. Amen. But, you know, talk about it. Tell someone about it. It's like the parable of sower. It's like planting a seed somewhere. You don't know where you're. You don't know what the ground situation is going to be with someone's heart. You don't know. You're just throwing seed out there. You're just throwing in. Hopefully it sticks. Hopefully it lands somewhere, even in a place you didn't even expect. Maybe you didn't expect that person to even ask you a question about God, but you're just throwing it out there anyways. You don't know what's going to grow. You're not in control. All you've got to do is sow the seed, water a little bit, keep on living right. Don't change. Don't, you know, don't get angry at someone because they didn't hear your testimony. Just love them. Just love them. You don't know what's going to grow from that. And who knows where your testimony will grow next. I was able to testify to a coworker the other day, and so far nothing's come of it. But I still have hope that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Something's going to snap. Something's going to click in. I told a testimony to one of my uh, uh, fellow students in, at my college, and nothing happened. Not yet, but they asked another question, and that's good because that's something growing there. That's something peeking through, and who knows what happens 10, 20 years down the road when they're like, well, my, my grandson has cerebral palsy, but I remember that one story of Colton who was born with that, and in, in he went to a church. I wonder what that church was called. I wonder what they believed. I wonder if we can go there and, and find a church like that. You don't know what's going to happen down the road. All you're doing is investing now. You're throwing something out there, and it, when it grows, there's going to be such a great reward that you can't control you can't put a cap on yet because you don't know but that's what we're doing we're we're just we're we're telling someone about jesus
persistent pays off. Right? Persistent pays off in the kingdom of God. It's like the, the, the woman in the unjust judge, right? He's got to keep on going. What's the worst that can happen if you just ask again? What's the worst he's going to say? N- someone's going to say, no, okay. I'll try tomorrow. I'll try to tell them about God tomorrow. I'll try to invite them to church tomorrow. What are they going to say? No. Oh, there, there comes a point where you have to be like polite and Christian and say, like, hey, doors are always open. And just be friendly and polite and love them and keep on praying for them. Don't give up on that just because you don't see it coming now. It's going to happen. By faith, it's already happened, as Pastor said. Who knows where your testimony will go next? And I want to go to just the chapter right after Mark 1, Mark 2, starting at verse 1. This is another very common story we all hear about, we all, we all know about it. I'm going to say it again because I like talking about it, okay? And you can't stop me um, unless, unless God says so. And so Jesus entered Capernaum in some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. There was some commotion because God was there. There should always be commotion when God's here, amen? Uh, the doors are open. There's cars in the parking lot. There's some commotion. Something's about to go down when, you're, when, you're, uh, when God's around you. And so a bunch of people gathered. Yeah, I'm not going to read it verbatim. Because uh, we, because that's a lot of words and like straightway and in so much. So a lot of people gathered around the house in this big, in this house. And he was, Jesus was teaching. And these people, these four people and this one man sick with the palsy was trying to get to Jesus. These four people carrying their friend to Jesus. How badly do you want your friend to see Jesus? That, like when I read that, I was hit. And I was like, man. Because we read on as they as they pressed, they couldn't make it through the crowd because they had a bed and they had this guy there and they just needed him to get to Jesus because maybe they heard a testimony. Maybe God's done something for them and who knows what that will do if they just get him in front of Jesus. What will happen? What's the craziest thing that could happen? Uh, I bel- they knew God could do it. They knew Jesus was there. Luke says the power of God was present to heal somebody. That's what he says. You can read it in Matthew and in Luke. We're reading it in Mark. The power of God was present to heal them. And so when they couldn't get through the crowd, they got creative. Sometimes you got to get creative bringing your friends to Jesus. Maybe you got to trick them and say, we're just having a fun fair. You know, we're just, we're just having a little, little, little uh, pumpkin patch. Bring your kids to the pumpkin patch. Stick around. You just stay for service. Let your kids go out there to, to country mercantile and just hang out here for a little bit. You got to get creative. My parents were one to the church because uh, food. <laughs> the best weapon we had. Not the best. One of the top top. Top 10 weapons that we could have is probably inviting, the, inviting them to Denny's afterwards. You know, maybe not Denny's. Maybe go a little upper class. You, can, well, you might have to pray when you get to the Denny's. But maybe, you know, just a McDonald's burger afterwards. Who knows? Get creative telling someone about your testimony. And so they got creative. They took apart the roof. I'm sure the homeowner, not happy. 
Uh, but, you know, afterwards, great. Yeah, in the moment, like, what are you doing? Taking apart through. But, like, we have to get our friend in front of Jesus right now. There is no waiting. There is no, we can't do it next week because what if Jesus isn't here next week? And that seems crazy because right now we can have Jesus whenever we want. But the, the truth is, the fact of the matter is, is that soon and very soon we're going to be taken away. The church is going to be taken away. We don't want anyone anyone left behind. I don't want anyone left behind. It's not something I need to think about it more because time is ticking away. Not to scare you or anything, just talking about facts, just speaking the truth. We need to get our friends in front of Jesus. We need to get someone in front of Jesus. And when they let down the man, in verse 5, it says, when Jesus saw the faith of the man with palsy. No. When Jesus saw the faith of the homeowner who opened up his house. No. When he saw their faith. When he saw the faith of the people bringing the man to Jesus. That's when he said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Whew. It's telling someone, talking about your testimony is not an exercise in, like, just futility. Like, it's not going to work. It takes faith to bring someone to Jesus. It really does. Because there's always doubt that goes through your head, like, oh, man, what if, what if they don't like the message? What if, what if, the, what if that's just, what if, what if someone's rolling on the floor? We're Pentecostal. It could happen. What if, you know, tongues interpretation, man, they're just not ready for that. No, bring them. When he sees your faith, yes. Amen. He was just here last week because you don't have to be scared about these things. You don't, that's how just God operates. Don't, don't try to think you're going to scare him with the truth. I mean, some people are scared of the truth. But if someone wants it enough, they're going to go look past everything, want to learn more, and want to go deeper. It's by their faith, the faith of the four people who brought their friend to Jesus, that man's sins were forgiven. But wait a second. Wait a <laughs> second. He wanted the palsy taken away, not the sins. No, no, just the, I want to walk again. I don't... Because that's the thing with God. You go and expect him one thing. We expect, you know, uh, when I was, my, my testimony I've, I've told before is I was born with cerebral palsy, very much like this man. As a little baby, my, my aunt church prayed, and then I started, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't have palsy anymore. I'm still here, praise God, because God knows how to do things for you. Easton just told me, and I've heard it before, he was deaf when he was born, right? There's some crazy things that happen, and my parents were just expecting maybe God will, will give some grace, but what they found was life and life more abundantly. He came in thinking, like, maybe I'll walk again, but he found out that he can live with eternity, live with God for eternity. That's the power of bringing someone to church. Maybe, maybe you come in because they just need, they need a cough to go away, but they find something else out that's far better than anything. Life and life more abundantly. That's what he does. He does the old bait and switch. No, it's not a bait and switch. God says, come in, I'll heal you of your sins, but then I'll give you everything else too, amen? He'll take care of the rest, Brother Larry.
oh, this is, this is too important to, to wait until the next time. If you feel it in your spirit rising up, they're like, I got I to gotta talk to them about Jesus. But then you feel like, oh, maybe later. No, no, just, just lean into faith right there. It's a tough thing to, s- it's an easy thing to say, tough thing to do sometimes. But you don't know the impact that you're going to have eternally when you lead someone to Jesus because their whole life can change, not just their life here. Their life here on earth is so small, all of ours so tiny. We have an eternity to live for. We have an eternity to go to, and we want everyone to spend eternity with Jesus. The palsy on earth is, it's, it's, it's sad. It's troubling. It's all the sicknesses and ailments and problems on earth. While we're here now, it looks so, we wish it didn't happen, but when we're bringing them to church for more than just their conditions, more than just that they don't have a lot of money, but they have an eternity to redeem if they come to church, if they see Jesus, who knows what can happen after that? Because then he finds out who Jesus really is. Because then, uh, you know, he says, forgive sins. He's just talking in front of Pharisees and teachers, people who think they're very smart. And they said, only God has the power to forgive sins. That's true. <laughs> Amen. Doesn't he have the power to forgive sins and only him? That's why we know Jesus is the one true God, because he forgave those sins. And he says, is it easier for me to heal the sick or heal the sick or, or you know, save you from your sins? Guess what? I'm going to do both. And that's what happened. He says, rise, take up thy bed and walk so that ye may know that the son of man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He has the power to do it all to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Just because maybe your friend, you know, you're talking to them and they have all these problems, but they have a bigger problem that maybe they don't even know about. The, the, maybe they haven't heard about the, what's going to happen at the end of time. They don't know where their soul's going to go. They need to know about God. They need to know about it now, not later. How much do I want my friends to see Jesus? How much do I want my neighbor Chris to see Jesus or, 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 or the people in my accounting class or my coworkers? The crazy thing, well, the whole thing's kind of crazy if, you, if you're not born into this. I grew up in this, so I can kind of take it for granted. I never want to do that. That's the power of the Bible. It refocuses, recenters me. I see these things that happened 2,000 years ago, and they're applicable to today's life. They're applicable to right now in our day. And as soon as that guy took off, you know, probably skipping, jumping, clicking his heels, because he can do that now, praise God. Everyone around said, we've never seen it before. There's people who've never seen this. They've never seen someone get the Holy Ghost before, but once they do, they're going to realize there's a whole other part of life that they've been missing out on. They're going to want to ask questions. Sebastian, at that altar call where the Spirit was moving, he has to be like, this doesn't happen at our, at our I think it's a Baptist church. This doesn't happen at that church. What's going on right now? I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I get to explain and expound a little bit and talk about the power of God. The power of God. And you know, where he came back uh, on, on Sunday, and Lord willing, he's going to keep on coming back, and he's going to learn more. And he said, he talked to me, he said, you know, I think my family would like this church. So, amen, we're going to bring in family. We're going to bring him in, amen, in faith. Maybe it's just because they think they need one thing, but God knows exactly what you need. He knows what you need before you even ask of it. He's going to help you out. God's always in your corner and everyone else's corner fighting for you against, against, against sin, against everything. So they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. I love not their lives unto death. But the man came in 
looking for, for one thing. He heard about the testimony, but he found something much, much more powerful, the blood of the lamb. And that's what we want our church to be. You can come in because we believe in miracles. Miracles are going to pour out of this place. You have the power. Each and every one of us have the power to do miracles in God's name. Greater works than what Jesus did are possible, are available to you in his name. And we can say, hey, we come in if you're sick, if you're hungry, if you need something, come in. But we're going to give you something a little bit better, a little bit better. Life and life more abundantly. And then the goal from that, as we stand it's six minutes early, praise God, gift of time. <laughs> the goal of that is what happens when they start sharing their testimony. This is where it gets beyond you a little bit. This is where it gets to the next person that you don't have an impact in. I don't have an impact in my coworkers' kids. I don't have an impact in my, in my uh, classmates' you know, family. I only have an impact on them. But what happens when they get a hold of it? The, the story in John 4 of the Samaritan woman, she was told everything she ever did, and she found her Messiah. She found the Messiah. And she started telling everyone in chapter 4, verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him, for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, so he bowed there two days, and many more believed of his own word, and said to the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. They are going to the goal, the, the sole goal of the testimony is to reach out far beyond you, far be That's why we have this word. This whole Bible is a testimony. It's touched countless lives. And then when you have it, you can go tell someone, and they're going to believe on the word, not because of just what Colton said on that one time, but because they have it down for themselves, not because of what Alicia said or Grant said, but because they have it in their heart themselves. It's the power that we have. So I'm just going to ask us to, to pray for, for just a second as we close it down. Pray about finding your testimony. I've had, I've had a problem in my past finding my own testimony. Is it just that I was born with cerebral palsy? Because I haven't gone through much other stuff in life. I've grown up in church, you know, stable household. That's a testimony in itself. You don't brag to people like, well, I live a little bit. No, I'm so thankful what God pulled my family out of so I can be here today. I'm thankful for the constant provisions that I get, the blessings that I have, the testimony of just finding grace that when I make mistakes, I know I can go to someone. I don't have to stay in shame. I don't have to stay in guilt, but I have a God that will come down and touch this leprous man that I am and say, be whole, be clean. I'm so thankful. Do you have a testimony like that? If we just raise our hands, Lord Jesus, let us never forget the power of the testimonies, your power that you've worked in us, God. I pray that it reaches out farther beyond what we can even know. The plans that you have are so above us. It's not just about the next person. It's about the next person's next person. It's about finding and bringing them in and finding them closer to you, God. That they come in searching for one thing, but they leave whole. They leave changed. They leave with their life, their eternal life settled forever, God. I pray that as we go throughout the week, throughout the next months until the end, when you come back, God, God, that we find that next person, that we keep on selling our testimony, God. Not that, so, not that they believe on our words, but on you, that they know you for a fact that you are the real deal, God. Bless all of us. Let us have those interactions and give us the faith and the hope and the love that we need to keep it going. In Jesus' name, amen.
Go tell someone a testimony, praise God.